While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back. Hey, Marcus. So uh, Max from New Bedford asked me um, if there is a – because he asked me last night if there's a Republican in Congress that I respect. No, there's not. But he asked me – but but to be fair, there's very few Democrats, honestly, in Congress. Congress isn't a functioning body. So, uh, but um, but he asked me, name one ideal value or policy that is traditionally considered conservative that you find to be honorable or reasonable. Please don't brush off for credibility's sake. So, is there a policy that is traditionally considered to be conservative that I like? National defense. Do I like national defense? I'm not saying what the issue is used for, but I would say that generally speaking, you appreciate the armed forces of America. Oh, sure. That's yeah. I I, I don't consider. Is that a conservative? I don't. Is that is that a conservative issue? It shouldn't be, but yeah. Uh, let's go with that. That's, See, that was easy. Let's go with uh, let's go with national defense. I, I have a lot of friends that are veterans. I appreciate them and, and the, the the sacrifices they've made right. uh, for uh, this country. And, and actually, they're all they're all Republicans too. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, let's say that. Let's say national defense, uh, and that's it. See, Mark, I would think that you would like, on principle alone, <clears throat> maybe some guys you've never heard of by name so that's why you can't name them there are probably some guys who are on the libertarian side you don't agree with them but you respect them for being consistent Uh, which is something for instance i respect lefties who are always consistent Uh, what what i will say is i like i will take i i would say like i'll take any like jug hooting Southern conservative senator over a guy like Ben Sass, who is an absolute formless, wishy-washy, you know, like like he's well, in his just defense. He's from Nebraska. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what I'm saying is is that I, I'll I'll take the idea like they, I mean I I think they're both equally awful, but I'll take a guy that's at least ideologically concerned. Rand Paul, Rand Rand Paul, I actually don't really care for. I think he's a spoiled brat. He's a baby, his and father, I think he's an his idiot. Father was the man. His father, you know, his father's, I think, uh, brings up some interesting points. And I think Rand Paul actually does, has brought up some really good points. Like, you know, in fact, he talked a lot about during the... Um, watch, dur- folks. Watch dur- what I did. During the 2016 election, he talked a lot about how we're spending too much on the military. And, of course, every, you know, every guy up there is like, no, we've got to turn, you know, we've got to turn Iran into glass. We need all the nukes in the world and all this other stuff. And he's And he's like, how can you guys all say that you're conservative when you, you know, when you're, 
when you're spending all this money, you know, that really, like, I think everybody agrees is more or less like a jobs program for, for def- in, a, in a giveaway to, to defense contractors. And I, I thought that was a good point. Overall, I mean, you know, he also said that, uh, that, um, you know, that single payer health care is slavery and then went to go get um, surgery in Canada after he got beaten up by his neighbor uh, from, from New, New Bedford, Bedford. Yep. <laughs> from New Bedford. So, um, you know, I don't I don't particularly he's also kind of a baby. He got caught plagiarizing a speech and then threw a tantrum and said, you know, I don't even have to serve in the Senate anymore. I can go back to being a doctor or whatever. So I, I don't really particularly care for him, but he does bring up decent points once in a while. So to your point about the um National Defense being a jobs program. The, as an example, Raytheon, which is a big Massachusetts company, um, they have no plans to stop shipping weapons to the Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, the amount of money, and by the way, I think we have to defeat Russia. And I think it's beautiful of the Ukrainians, they're doing the fighting and we're doing the supplying. Um, not to say that I don't think there's probably some money disappearing, we call it leakage, but um, it's probably a lot of leakage, yeah. but they are building missiles that we just are blowing yeah. off. Leakage is such a good euphemism um, for embezzlement. And, <laughs> uh, you know, because in fact, all the money that we gave to Afghanistan to basically give to these sort of like feudal lords was, right. I would say, not a leakage, but a, a deluge. So, um, Marcus, it's called ghost soldiers. Okay. So, a ghost soldier is this. When you go to these third world countries, and they had them in Vietnam, that's mm-hmm. the first place I ever learned of this term was not that I was in Vietnam, but in a book about Vietnam. So the South Vietnamese generals would say, we've got four brigades, or brigades 5,000 guys. We've got four brigades in the highlands over here, right? Really, they had one brigade, but we got to pay them, America. Right. So the salary is, let's say, $100 a month, right? So I need $100 a month per guy for my three brigades. Okay. But they're ghosts. They don't really exist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so they, but, they, but I need gold to pay them, right? Because they, they don't accept U.S. currency. They accept gold, right? Yeah, of course. Same thing in Afghanistan. Yeah. They go, yeah, Afghanistan, they, you know, the, the, the various groups over there say, well, until now, it's, it's gotten a little better. We use biometrics now a little bit so we can tell that that guy is not really three different people, right? Because mm-hmm. he just keeps showing up in a different uniform. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we use biometrics, but are we really caring? Are we really looking? No. We understand that we're claiming we're going to pay the salaries for three brigades, and we know there's only one brigade in the hills, right? right? Because the, the, the warlord's going to take the money. Yeah. Right? And then Wallard might even kick some of the money money back to us. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, but ghost ghost armies. When I first heard about ghost soldiers, reading about um, Vietnam, and what, and I thought that's ingenious, yeah. right? So when I've seen that show up everywhere afterwards, right? By the way, don't be fooled that there aren't American political campaigns that are hiring ghost soldiers to walk in neighborhoods of course right? yeah absolutely we got to pay all these guys yes. 10 bucks an hour yes yeah you look at an org chart and you right. know you look at the org chart <laughs> and you say oh yeah such and such and such and such are working really hard canvassing over here right right those people don't exist yeah right. i mean right. that's what that's the political consultants it's a com- political consulting you know there are some good consultants that i know uh really well but political consulting by and large especially on the national level is 
sort of a legalized money laundering operation. <laughs> so uh, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, How you doing? Friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in here. Cool. Can, can I change the subject a bit? Sure. And yeah. try to pick your brains and ask you both, what in the future is going to happen with our Governor Charlie Baker? Where is he going? Well, he's going to be a lot wealthier than any of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, politically. So there's he's got two options. He can go to the private sector or he can run for Senate. Right? Yes. Who's he, up next? Markey? Warren. Warren's up next? Warren's the more vulnerable one. Yes. Well, they asked him on OTR, which I know your uh, news people are referring to, which I'm happy that they're watching that because they That's a good show. Got a lot of good information about uh, Massachusetts. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was on, they asked him about running for president. Do you mm. think that's a possibility? No. no. Well, what if he jumped parties and ran as a Democrat? No. No. Okay, tell me why. Well, um, the Democrats aren't going to cede to a Republican, and the Republicans aren't going to cede to a Democrat. Yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> so, the thing... Yeah, he won't... His he, abortion alone, not to mention the transgender stuff, there's a lot of things in there that we don't really mind, or a lot of people don't really focus on with Charlie Baker, because they like the other stuff he's done as a Republican mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the country, the Republican the, Party the, does the, not enjoy the, him. The thing is, yeah, for the Republicans, but he's, he's the most he's popular absolutely a, governor in the country. But that's what, only because he's not running against anybody. In Mass, yeah, in Massachusetts, right. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing. in Mass, What plays in Massachusetts doesn't play nationally. I think I think DeSantis is going to run into the same problem, too. Everyone's but. popular well, until they have a competition. He's tall, Marcus. That's, That's one true. Of, one of well, well, here's the thing. He, he looks like a president. But here's the thing with Baker. I will say, if I could entertain the idea of Charlie Baker running for president, he would have to run in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. He would have to change his party affiliation mm-hmm. to do that. I don't think he will do that. I think he believes in a certain type of, let's say, Rockefeller Republicanism right. that he's going mm-hmm. to try until, you know, he's going to try and fail at making uh, a national, uh, bringing to national prominence again. But I will say the Democrats, a lot of Democrats, uh, much to my annoyance, are dying for a Republican that they agree with. John Kasich. John Kasich, right? John Kasich, who, uh, who who, who honestly, you know, John Kasich sucks, but he does. He sucks. John Kasich sucks, but That's he's like the way to bring a party together. But, but he's less. But he's less. But yeah. But 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 John Kasich isn't like Ted Cruz, so people think he's moderate. John Kasich is not a moderate guy. Mm-hmm. That um, one of those gay marriage cases, which uh, um, was. It was, I think, uh, Obergefell v. Hodges was actually Obergefell v. Kasich, mm-hmm. but he got his name uh, taken off, uh, taking off, taken off that case. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's a very conservative. He's a very conservative guy, and now people are starting to like George Bush more. Democrats in general, a lot of liberals are dying for to have a Republican that they actually agree with and say, mm-hmm. "Well, he's a Republican, but I like him." Look at Liz Cheney. Yeah. Liz Cheney is the perfect example of that. But at the end of the day, I think by and large, I think most Democrats don't uh, won't vote a Repo- won't vote for well, a AOC Republican. Won't vote for Republican, put it that way. <laughs> what? Well, AOC won't. You've still got the primaries and, yeah. and and the caucuses, and Charlie Baker would get his head handed to him in the Republican or the Democrat. You think so? Oh, absolutely. I I, I think so. I don't think it works. Bill Weld got to sh- Bill Weld. Bill Weld 
has made a national embarrassment of himself, and he was a good governor. Well, yeah, trying and, to run. And for not president. only that, Bill, not, I think kind of uh, has other interests. Not only that, yeah. not only that, uh, John Barleycorn. Yeah, not, uh, yeah, okay, you said it, I did it. Not only that, uh, Charlie Baker does have, I think, more probably more pro- some more problematic st- uh, stances in a democrat a national democrat primary his position for example on the driver's license bill i think would come up uh, against him mm-hmm. you know he's taken positions on stuff that would probably uh that would probably be a disqualifier in a democrat primary like yeah is he to the left of like the entire republican party nationally and even on most of the republican party in the state now yeah but that still doesn't mean he's a left enough for the democratic party right right well, uh, again, I think we're losing a uh, – he was very courteous to Maura Healy when he congratulated oh. her on her win. Oh, I, just, I, just, I was just telling Marcus we have, um, we have the television ga- uh, on here in, in the background of the Celtics game, and you could see that Governor Baker gave up his seat so that Governor Healy can sit with the King of England or the, they, or the Prince of England, whatever it is. Well, there you go. There you go right there. You know, uh, to me, he's being awfully courteous and – um, as long as uh, Trump's around, I don't see him being a Republican Party candidate, and he is a Democrat. Uh, he is from a Democratic state, which would make him, uh, you know, a rhino. I understand that. You know, I, 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 I just think that you, in the next two years, things could change, and I don't know. I think you could see a reemergence of uh, Charlie Big. I don't. I'm not. No. I'm happy with everything. He, he represented, but he's he's a civil politician. There so, would be there would be a, a serious whiplash. Uh, I, I I can't see it. I so just again, can't uh, when Biden uh, ran for the presidency, I thought we were going to get a much more moderate guy, and he's leaned so far to the left. Has he? What, what is he? What positions has he taken that have been super well, left? Well, again, it's this thing on the climate. You know, he he turned the, uh, the the oil companies against us, so you're paying high gas. Do you like the gas you're paying? Yeah, I don't know. To me, you got to so. have your left hand not knowing what your right hand's I, doing. I, I don't think that's. I don't. I don't think you can blame gas prices on the president. What's that? I don't think you can blame gas prices on the president. I think it's a cop out to blame gas prices on the president, especially with everything that's going on globally. So just to focus back on Baker for a second. The the, the gas companies, let's face it. So, okay, if that's what you're going to do, and if you're going to make it so we're going to go all electric soon, 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 well, hey, we're going to go after you you too, and we're going to go up on those gas prices. So just just to go back to Baker for a second, I I like the question. The, um, The reality of it is that if Baker runs for U.S. US Senate, it will quickly become what we saw in the New Hampshire races, which will be he's running to elect a Republican judges. He's running to elect Mitch McConnell McConnell as majority leader. That's the problem. It, It won't be that he's running as Charlie Baker to be the Charlie Baker head of the Senate. The perfect example of that, of why that probably wouldn't work, would be... Alan, uh, the Alan Fung. Alan Fung is a very well liked guy, a very popular guy, but he has uh, he has found his absolute ceiling in terms of electoral politics beyond Cranston Mayor because it is I, I think Magaziner, who I don't think was a great candidate, honestly, not a, not the most personable guy, and I think was a I think very rightfully uh, painted as sort of you know like a guy who uh, you know is just like finding an opportunity with an office and is you know grown up as a person of privilege well but but hold on okay. but alan but alan fung is a vote for kevin mccarthy 
That right. was the whole thing. Alan Fung is a vote for Kevin McCarthy. Well, thing, he's a vote they, against abortion. He's a vote against gun control. Of Donald Trump around his neck. As they that did too. Yes. Okay, but, but, take a picture with him, and that's all you have to do when you got a problem. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the sheriff took, did more than take a picture with Trump. Well, but, I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to go easy here, but yeah. uh, Alan Fung too supposedly uh, is they. Uh, the he had a Trump hat at the. He had a Trump hat at the white at the at the well, inauguration. And also, you don't get a chance to decide what your opponent's going to say about you. I yeah. understand, but you've got to be careful in how you relate to Donald Trump. No, no, I agree with that. What I'm saying is that, is that no matter what your position is, no matter how nuanced it is, your opponent's going to link you to him anyway. The, the one way I could see a path for Charlie Baker to, to win a Senate race against someone like Warren or Markey is if he ran as an independent and if people bought into that. Um, that's the only way I could see it. And if he said he was going to caucus, and I think he'd have to say he's going to caucus with the Democrats. I agree with you. An Angus King type type Does situation. Yeah. problems in Massachusetts getting on the ballot, though? When you want no, to he could do it. No, he could do it. He because do it. he's got an independent political operation outside of the Republican Party. Yeah, okay. he could do it. So I he could do it. Some mechanisms in the he'd probably, the actually, he'd probably have to do it because it's the only way he'd get, he'd get the Republican nomination. Right, he'll he probably nominate Deal again. Because he couldn't even get the line. Well, right. It, right. It, it's sad, I think, because I don't agree with the guy on everything, but he seemed to be a civil politician, and that's what we need now in the in the future going on. We need politicians that are somewhat civil to one another. They can disagree, they can argue, but uh, this uh, I think the, the election showed that too. People are tired of the, the two ends fighting against one another and getting little or nothing done. I also don't think the man wants to go down and be a senator. Yeah, I don't think that, he's like sixty-seven. He's got to go to Washington and be well, there all the time. Uh, you, well, I guess argue with with Bernie Sanders and and and. Ted Cruz, I don't think that's what he wants to do with the rest well, of his life. Again, like I don't know, you've got to, what's his name, Maki, who's been there now for fifty years. Uh, when he was on this Sunday, uh, he's but he had retiring. nowhere else to go. Uh, well, she's retiring. Janet Wu. Yeah, I, I I heard him. He said it's not your age; it's the age of your ideas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so again, putting the age against Charlie Baker, I don't know if that's necessarily a factor. If you get a guy at, at 80 who's going to run again for another six years, he'll be 86 when he gets out of there. <laughs> I guess, you know, so. Well, one other thing I want to talk yes. to you guys, too, because I heard this uh, about the uh, down in Providence. I guess the the uh, uh, the governor is going to try to put aside an armory in Cranston, I think, or something like that, uh, as a Almost place for people it. who are uh, indigent in the cold weather. You think we could do the same thing with our armory, or it's, is, it, is it too in disrepair? I don't think the mayor would, would want to do that. But that's kind of what Bob Cabral was talking about. Yeah. The candidate for Ward 3, a wraparound shelter yeah. with 24-hour service. Yeah, well, the mayor tried to put that down at uh, on Division Street there in the Sister Rose house, but the people don't want to leave downtown. So what yeah. the mayor wants and what the people want to do are two different things sometimes. Uh, th and, of course, you know I don't like the mayor. No, I know you don't. <laughs> we know you don't. <laughs> Thanks for the call. We appreciate okay, it. Take care. Thank you. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Um, do, you want, do you want to take a break? Or? Yeah. Take a break. All right. Let's take a break. If you're on the line, stay on the line. We'll, we'll, we will be right back. Anyway. 996-0500. Good evening. Hi. Um Hi. I was wondering if either of you have any background information on this Catherine Clark, who was chosen to be the whip for the Democratic uh, Congress starting in uh, January. She's from Massachusetts. Yeah, she's from Massachusetts. So she's from Massachusetts. She is uh, represents some of the Boston suburbs like that are Lowell, west, right? west of the city. Yeah. yeah, I think she lives in Malden herself. Um, she actually... 
She's she's a she's come up from the lowest level of politics. She was a school committee member. She ran for state rep, then state senate, and then for Congress, and has worked her way up all the way to the the, the leadership. She was the assistant speaker of the House prior to uh, when with Nancy Pelosi, and then when Nancy Pelosi stepped down, she took the opportunity to um, to campaign for whip. So when uh, presumably, if the Democrats take the majority in the House, let's say next term. Um, she will either be the speaker or be the majority leader in the in the House of uh, Representatives. Yeah, it looks to me like she's very close to this Hakeem Jeffries, who who is who is odds-on favorite to be the speaker if the Democrats oh, take. Marcus he, doesn't like him, but sucks. but but I would he say does. she's on the 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 moderate to liberal side of the agenda. Probably, if you're a Republican, she, she's a real liberal. But if you're if you're Marcus, she's a moderate. She she's probably around. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries is pretty dead center. I would agree, and I think actually hates. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries has like a visceral hatred for progressives, <laughs> and so so I think anybody that's close to him is probably less progressive. Um, than than like let's say the AOCs or Rashida Tlaibs of the world. I think she's a. I think she's good. Although I'm a Republican, I think she's good for Massachusetts because proximity to power is power, I, I think and she's it's a good t- to have her there. I think she's a. I think she's a pretty standard. Uh, you know, she's a pretty standard in terms of ideology. She's a pretty standard Massachusetts Democrat. I don't think there's anything particularly that stands out in terms of her ideology that people would say, "Oh, wow, that's interesting." I think she's got this pretty similar opinions as most of the party. So I would say that the the, the industries that are important to us here in Massachusetts, which is finance. Um, which is defense. Um, she'll be right there with finance and with defense. Um, traditional. The, the one thing about her is um, that's important is, and Bill Keating has explained this to the audience before, is the Massachusetts model, which is that when the Democrats come into power, <clears throat> and in the years past when they had Republicans, they did it with Republicans too, when they get into Congress, they immediately begin tracking their seats, because it's about longevity. So they get them onto committees, even if you're a Republican. They get you onto committees so that you'll benefit the state of Massachusetts over the length of your career, assuming most Massachusetts congressmen stay a very long time. So Catherine Clark, to be able to get this high up in leadership this early in her career is pretty remarkable, really. Yeah, it is, because she's only been around since, like, what, like 2013 to 2015? And you're going to have to replace... um, People like your rules committee chairman and a few McGovern. You're going to lose the Ways and Means chairman, um, who's um, um, yeah, Richie Neal. Richie Neal. He's right. still the ranking member now. Yeah. So, um, so did we answer your question? Do you have any more uh, questions? Yes, but just uh, one general question: Are these whips generally low profile, or can we expect to see her? Uh, making any news in the future. No, I mean, she's one of the leaders. Of the, she's the second-ranking member of the Democratic Party now. And the whip, so what a whip is, is basically someone who whips the votes, uh, you know, basically just tries to get... Um, corral the uh, members of the uh, of the of the caucus to vote on a particular on a particular bill. So and she's going to kind of secret. She's I gonna, mean, they make deals behind the well, scenes. Well, she makes deals. Yeah, she, you, know, you got you get you got to make deals. I don't, I don't know. I, I, when I can't you, speak when, to the when you say making news, depending on what news source you go to. I mean, if you read the deep political stuff, you'll find a lot about her there. Yeah, well, because I don't think I've heard much about whips. 
you know, all through my lifetime. They They've seem been there to forever. be working behind the scenes and uh, low profile. But uh, was there ever a whip that was high profile in the news? Yeah, Tom DeLay. Oh, Newt tell Gingrich. us about him. Tom, De- Tom DeLay was a Republican from Texas. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was, they called him the hammer. Yeah. Because... He would. He kept guys in line. He knew what your projects were, what you wanted to get done for your district, and they were going to hold it up, hold it up, unless you did what they wanted. Newt Gingrich is also minority whip before and, he became and speaker. And delay. About what year was he? Around? The nineties. 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 Yeah. yeah. All right. I think it's very interesting what goes on behind the scenes. I do too. Yeah, yeah. Me too. All right. Thanks for answering my question. Thank you, my friend. No problem. Newt Gingrich was the minority whip before he uh, he wasn't the minority leader. He was the more, more minority whip in that '94 contract with America and all of that uh, before he became speaker. So he, he's another notable um, yes. uh, uh, party whip. And Nancy lo- Pelosi was also the whip at one point locally. Um, in the early '90s, you had um, Peter Blue was one of the li- was one of the whips. He wasn't a, he wasn't the whip. He was one yeah. of the whips, uh, division whips. Uh, mm-hmm. who, Peter Blue had been a, the congressman from Fall River and Dartmouth on the Democrat the Republican side for a number of years. Um, Kevin McCarthy was a whip, uh, yes. and actually he became majority leader because of because Eric Cantor, who was the majority leader at the time. Got Lost. primaried yep. by David Bratt, who ended yep. up losing to Abigail Spanberger, but Lost. who lost as well. But Eric uh, Eric Cantor was the majority leader, and he got primaried out, so that made Kevin McCarthy majority leader. When then John Boehner retired, they put in Paul Ryan because no one liked Kevin McCarthy. So Kevin McCarthy was actually a pretty high profile whip too. And actually, um, in the uh, show House of Cards. With Kevin Spacey, I know, you, you, right. you know, Kevin Spacey and all that, but he had a line of a famous line. It was, you vote your district, you vote your part, uh, you vote your conscience and you don't surprise me. Right. He said those three things in the line. And that was a line he actually got from Kevin McCarthy as a, as a whip. So the um, the thing that the whip does, it, it sounds like a very aggressive term, but the thing of the whip going to does is that. He knows what you need and what you can't do. Yeah. Okay? So, for instance, Bill Keating could never vote against fishing, as an example. Yes. Right? Not that he would, but as an example. Yeah. Um, most, say, for instance, your Florida Democrats, because it's a big defense industry down in Florida, sure. could never vote against a defense authorization bill. Right. Um, because, you know, regardless of the party. So they know not only what you what they want you to do, but what you can do. Yeah. Right? When they put a bill on the floor, they know the vote count. They always know the vote count. And so, like you said, they, they'll, they'll look at all the votes and they'll say, well, you know, listen, Congressman Keating can't vote against fishing. Congressman Auchincloss can't vote against clean energy. Right. You know, so we're going to put them over here. Right. And so and so they that's how they 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 know exactly who's going to vote and how many votes. You know, there are some surprises like the famous John McCain putting his thumbs down for the Obamacare repeal. But that's very rare. If it goes to the floor, they know what's going to happen. The um, oftentimes and it's because of the work of the whip like Catherine Clark. Yes. You'll see here in um, in our own legislature, Massachusetts, occasionally. You'll get like for instance, we, we you know I applauded representative um, from the representative from Westport who who just got reelected, Paul Schmidt. Paul Schmidt, thank you, because um, he took some votes that I know leadership didn't like, and he said he got dogged for it. He said he didn't get the committee appointments right. that he probably wanted for it. Right. Yeah. So there are times when you either go along 
Well, they get you going along, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, he got reelected, but he didn't get primary. And I don't think that, that he's not at that situation. But sometimes being independent, particularly in a legislature, you know, you like like we're talking about Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker could say and do whatever he wants because he's a, an army of one. Yeah, right. But when you have to get to a majority, you have to go along with your team. Right. I mean, yeah. you can't just, I mean, think about it this way. Tom Brady's a hell of a football player, but he needed the receivers. Yes. Right. Right. You need the linemen. You need the whole team to be working together. Uh, and yeah, right. And that's and that's again another reason why, you know, when you have Republicans running in New England, it's pretty easy to say. Like the perfect example I think is Scott Brown. Scott Brown won that race. I mean, it was kind of the perfect storm for him to win that race, but he won that race. He was still up in the polls with Elizabeth Warren in twenty twelve. But where Warren won that race really was he is a vote for Mitch McConnell. Right. Right. He is a vote for Mitch McConnell. And he, they kept saying it over and over again. And at the time, Mitt Romney was, was, was the presidential nominee. So they tied him to Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney. And that's always effective because they know you can say I'm an independent voice and be the most independent voter or whatever, but they know there's party discipline and the party discipline comes from the leaders like Catherine Clark, right? Uh, in the, uh, the house, uh, the house minority whip. So the, um, the reality of it is is that you have to build consensus, and you can't be, you know, the John McCain with the I'm a maverick. That's cute and everything. That's a good, that's a good tagline. But the reality of it is is that show me a reformer, I'll show you somebody who won't be here next year, as Billy Bulger once said. Well, well John McCain also wasn't really all that much of a maverick. Um, you know, I, I can't think of many times where he really, uh, other than the Obamacare vote, where he bucked the, um, and I, I think that was just an FU to Trump, where he bucked the, um, the, the, the. He did the, whatever the, the New York Times told him to do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's one of those guys too. He's like a Kasich. Everybody's like, oh my God, I just, he was a Republican, but I respect no, him so with, much. Without, without, no disrespect to his military career. No. Nope. And, and the things he did. No, everything he did after was right. awful. But he was a media creation. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Outside of what happened, and it's no, it's no yeah. small feat he was involved in Vietnam. Yeah. But after no, he, that, he was, he was tortured for five years. Right. Yeah, he was tortured right, for five years. Yeah. After that, it was a media creation. Yeah, and, 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 you know, he did a lot of awful stuff like the Keating Five, right? He was one of the Keating Five. And, um, well, they were just taking bribes, I think, right? Well, yeah, they were taking bribes, uh, and they were yeah, they were basically taking bribes. Uh, in the it was the early nineties. Because I really, I really don't know much about that. The one thing I know about it is that people always said John McCain was always for that campaign finance foolishness because he got burned in the Keating Five thing. Nothing to do with our own Congressman Keating. Probably uh, that's probably true. I I, th I think he didn't. You know, because I was, never liked his arguments on campaign was, finance. It's stupid. I remember what it was. Uh, his his like shining moments in uh, his shining moments in the twenty two thousand eight presidential campaign was when he said um, was when uh, someone said uh, to him in a town hall meeting uh, Obama's an Arab and he goes no he's not an Arab he's a decent guy <laughs> <laughs> like wait what <laughs> wait wait what you know <laughs> but everybody's like oh my god what a what a grand gesture of civility to say. <laughs> that Arabs and decent guys are polar opposites. <laughs> All right, hey, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. If you own a... Get breaking news alerts. Stream audio. Send us text messages. 
and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Hey, welcome back. So just another reminder and more remind people before we uh, before we sign off is that Chris and I won't be here tomorrow because the Pats game will be on and uh, you can listen to the Pats game here if you're in the car um, and, or you can watch it. Uh, Friday, Jack Spillane, Chris and I are going to a social engagement. Jack Spillane will be in. He'll be filling in. I know he's got some great guests lined up. He's going to have a lot of fun, so you should tune in. You should call in uh, and and uh, have a chat with uh, Jack Spillane. 508 Yeah, if you want to talk to us now, we're chilling. Or, you know? or if you want to write the number down for Friday. Write it, yeah. 508 is how you can get on. And, yeah, if you want to write it down. Uh, for Friday and just so you have it. Um, and, yeah, I think that'll be fun. I, I mean, I really enjoy the Friday night shows. Uh, yes. they're, they're a lot of fun. I always say that I've, I do all the, the four nights a week for the Friday <laughs> night show. I asked for just the Friday night show. They said, no, they said, sorry. No, can't have no, you need to have all four uh, before then. So, um, but we've got a lot of stuff coming up next week, too. You know, we've still got candidates that'll probably declare soon in the Ward 3 City Council race. We've got, um, you know... Uh, the the septic issue in Dartmouth we're going to be talking about. So I think everyone around the, in our listening audience should understand that it's not just a Dartmouth issue. No, it's not just a Dartmouth issue. This is issue. very much alive and well throughout all the Massachusetts, throughout yes. this entire listening audience. Yes. Yeah, there'll be public hearings. Uh, I think there's one in Lakeville tonight, and there's one in Barnstable on Monday. But when I talked to uh, somebody... Uh, a board of health director locally, and they said, and, and I, they're planning on coming on. They said, you know, we're really is what will be probably as constructive, if not more constructive, is the public comments period where you can submit your own public comments to um, to the state. So it, it is going to be um, a problem if everyone's out there trying to get the same contractors to do the same work yeah. at the same time. Yes. Um, there's just, you know, there's just not enough of them yes. to do it. it. It is a big job. It's an expensive job. And there's no one size fits all uh, because it, it depends on the, the photography of your of your land, depends on the, the, the soil conditions. Um, yeah. All that stuff is very crucial. And you may not even have the opportunity to tie into a sewer line. Right. If you don't have that option. Yeah. Then it's going to cost you probably 50 grand. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, uh, and that, I know that's that that those tie-ins become an issue too. We've we've had that over in West Island and all of that. Impact fees are are, are pretty are pretty steep. So, yes. Uh, if you don't if you don't have the opportunity to tie in, it's going to cost you a lot of money if you're going to overhaul your septic and all that. And there's probably going to be, I think, if this is going to go forward the way they want it to go forward, a significant amount of of help is needed from the state. And. You, as a property owner, are going to have to think very seriously about what you're going to do here. Um, tying in, and I'm not giving out financial advice by any means, because everyone's situation is very different. But tying in is probably the best bet yeah. to putting in a new septic system. And the reason I say that is, Marcus, if you remember back to the smoking regulations, there was a time when you could put in all kinds of exhaust fans, yeah. things like that, right? <laughs> yeah. You could spend all kinds of money, and they just but they just it banned illegal. it anyway, They right? just ended up banning it anyway. So yeah. it very well may be that, yeah, you can put in a new septic, do this, that, and the other thing, but no, you got to tie in anyway. I grew up at just the end of the smoking, non-smoking uh, 
era, actually. And I remember one time I they said, like, this was a thing, and I didn't even know. One time I went to a restaurant with my dad. We were up in New Hampshire. They said, do you want smoking or non-smoking when they still ask that question? I said, oh, non-smoking, because why would I want smoking? He goes, Marcus, you got all mad. You know, he's like, just say it doesn't matter. I'm like, why? He goes, because then you got to wait. Right. If you say it doesn't matter, you take I was like, there's a whole etiquette behind it that I didn't even, right, right. That I didn't even understand. The smoke doesn't know to stay in its section. <laughs> yeah. No matter where you are, it's gonna, yeah. the smoke is going to drift me. over. Right. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm in non-smoking? Yeah. <laughs> why is that cigar <laughs> smoke coming over here? Hey, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, 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 hey. So it's Friday for us, but not for you. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) so, (laughs) We'll be off tomorrow because the Pats game is playing. You can listen to the Pats game here Friday night. Jack Splain is on. You should tune in. You should call in. You should talk to Jack. He's going to have a great show planned for you guys. Jack's got a ton of institutional knowledge. It'll be great to talk to him. That's a good... I like that. Yeah, that's it. The institutional knowledge. I like that. He does. I mean, there's very... No, he's been around a long time. Been around a long time. Yeah, so... So, um... So... Tune in, and he, I know he's, I think he's got something planned with people from the light and all of that. So if you guys call in, talk to him about uh, local issues, he'll, he'll be happy to talk to you. He'll show you the him. light. He'll show you the, he will show you the light. Right. So I think a great um, addition to our fill-in roster, our on-air roster, um, yeah. is is uh, is Jack Spillane. And so, and, uh, and he's filling in a couple other times. So treat him as a guest of ours, please. Yes, treat him, treat him as a guest of ours. Yes. But not... The sheriff guests don't treat him as one of those. (laughs) Right, right. Treat him like a nice guy who's a guest. Don't treat him like, yeah, don't treat him like the sheriff guests we had on. Right. Like you treated them. But treat them, treat them, treat them like a nice guy. You got that out of your system, folks. You can do better. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Well, I think they did because when we, when I had Haru on, I was all questioned, like none of them were like, how. I was expecting something like, "How dare you?" Well, they're you know? shell shocked. Yeah, right. That that too, <laughs> that too, and and me included. Yeah, actually, asked me like, "You you surprised that one?" I said, "Yes." I was like, "Yes, I am." Uh, yes, yeah, I, am. I mean, I did. Was, <laughs> yes, know. I am. But but people were just mostly asking like, "Hey, what are you going to do?" You know, people want to know like, "How are you going to do the job now?" So, um, we're just they're we, deciding whether it's worth to go get arrested or not. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you really bringing the yeah. weights back? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I heard you serving better chow over there now. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Maybe. Right. Some people go to winter in Florida. Some people now go to winter in the House of Corrections. Some people still do that. I know. It's pretty sad. Well, see you later. See you later. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so so tune in Friday. Jack Splain will be in, and he's uh, give him a call. Talk to him. It'll be great. So we'll see you then. I'll see you Monday.